0: okay so this is Randy again I'm going to try and attempt to answer the big question Uh, (laughs) you don't you don't always break it up into simple little pieces you know you ask these whopping big questions like what is the difference between Buddhism and Christianity so uh, first of all I'm gonna say that I'm gonna expand that a little bit I'm not just gonna talk about the difference but I'm gonna do like in school do you remember writing papers in school where you do a comparison-contrast so I'm going to do that, kind of do a, a comparison and contrast so not just explore the differences but also some similarities and uh, a couple of caveats, obviously this is a huge huge topic, you know, any one of the things I talk about could certainly be the topic for for a book almost um, and also you've put me in the position of talking about Christianity and most of my other answers I've limited myself to talking about Zen and Buddhism which is something that I know about and have some credentials limited credentials to talk about Um, but in order to compare and contrast I'll have to make some statements based on my understanding of Christianity and given that I don't get it if I got it I would be a Christian and I'm not so given that I don't get it I may get something wrong just out of ignorance or I'm uh, well I'll get some things wrong just because of a difference of opinion and that's that's why we're having the discussion I guess and others may be out of ignorance but uh, hopefully there won't be too many of those Um, so in thinking about answering this um, I wanted to do the comparison and contrast oh excuse me because i think there are differences and there are similarities and 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 that's a that's a very very big point in terms of interfaith discussions in terms of you know different countries different communities you know your neighbor next door there's always a question of what are we going to focus on are we going to focus on our differences which is just always going to lead to conflict or do we focus on our similarities, the things that we have in common, which will help us find harmony. So that's why I wanted to talk about the similarities as well as the differences. But uh, let me do the contrast first to address that question. Oh, and, and let me say it, to me, I think we can say, you know, broad strokes here, there can always be exceptions, but broadly I think the differences lie mostly in beliefs the dogma, the when you start getting into the, the details and putting things into words. And the similarities are mostly in the teachings about actions in our life, in our daily life, how we should act person to person with regard to other people. And I'll go over these in more detail. So to go back to the differences in beliefs, well there are, there are several, that's why they're different religions, First of all, as I've mentioned before, there's no deity, no god. Um, not per the Buddha's teachings, he certainly did not declare himself a god. Um, he did not make any declarations about a god. In um, speaking in the language of the time, and the idiom of the time, he certainly referred to gods and, and devas and brahmins and, and demons and the whole gamut of various levels of beings that was commonly used in religious discussion at the time of Axial Age India. He certainly referred to them in in his stories, but he did not declare any of them to be a savior or or anything in in the system he was teaching. So there's no deity posited in Buddhism. Now, you will see people that have basically elevated the buddha to a deity level but that's the result of human nature not his teachings they're just just like everybody with children knows some children are artistic some are verbal some are musical you know some are quick learners some are slow and you know everybody has a different style there are some people who need a God to have a relationship with, there are some people who need a narrative, there are some people who need introspection, and you know, I can't list all the different ways that people need to explore their, their spiritual development, but the point I want to make here is that there are, will always be people who will take whatever system they're presented with and, and create a God out of it. So there are those who treat the Buddha as a God, but that is not what he taught. Um, so in Buddhism proper and in Zen in particular there is no deity in terms of an afterlife in terms of uh, heaven or hell um, again well that's a tough one there's a lot of baggage from axial age India in terms of you couldn't talk religion then without talking about reincarnation just everybody believed in reincarnation then Um, so the Buddha talked about reincarnation um But again, when you look at his absolute core teachings, he doesn't really talk about it. Um, He just says, hey, you know, you can have better, better uh, reincarnations by following the system. But the main point was you can have a better life today by following his teachings. Um, So really, again, you'll see people talking about reincarnation, but... And the Buddha's teachings properly proper, there is no afterlife. And we'll see why in, in a couple of minutes when I get to the next point. Um, and probably the the well no deity is probably the biggest difference, but the next biggest difference would be uh, no soul, no permanent soul. And before I go into that further, I'd ask you to do a simple mental exercise. Let me state the question and then why don't you pause this and think about your answer a little bit and then restart it and, and then we'll discuss it. Answer the question, who are you? You don't have to write it down but you know if you were to meet somebody at a cocktail party, you know, or if you were, you know, having a midlife crisis and, and seriously re-examining yourself, You know, answering the question for others or answering for yourself. Who are you? How would you answer that question? How do you answer that question? So I I invite you to pause this for a moment. Think about this. It doesn't have to be a great exercise. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. You don't have to write it down. But just a few minutes starting to answer that question will probably give us enough material for the next comments I make to make sense. so hopefully you have done that and I don't know what your answers are my answers uh, change every time I ask the question every time throughout my life I've asked the question depending on who I'm talking to depending on the circumstance depending on the time of day and they usually come out something like this I am a man I'm a father I'm a husband I'm a manager, engineer, web developer, whatever my job title has been at the time. Uh, earlier in my life I was a student. If I'm thinking of Zen now, I'm still a student. Um, if I'm thinking of my children, I'm a parent. If I'm thinking of my wife, I'm a husband. Um, and I could go on and on and on and on, as I'm sure all of us can. And the, the point... For Zen and Buddhism is that when you examine those, when you seriously, seriously examine those very, very closely, they're always a relationship, a relationship usually to other people, but even if you say things like, "Well, I'm a student," well, a student of what? Usually, uh, things developed by other people, you know, knowledge systems or whatever, or if you say, "I'm a student of nature," well, okay. You're still, it's in relationship to your environment, to your surroundings. If you say I'm a philosopher, well it's still in relationship to the realm of ideas. Ideas created by other people that you might communicate to other people. Um, The point is that whenever I answer that question, I can never come up to something that doesn't depend on something else. I can never come up with something that doesn't change over time, hasn't changed over time. And we could discuss this for many, many hours. Um, but the conclusion that, that Buddhism comes to and the Zen comes to is that no matter how often we ask the question, who am I? And how finely I slice and dice it, when I look deeply into it, I cannot find anything that stands alone, that does not require something else um, that does not require a relationship that does not change as those relationships change that is permanent and unchanging and since a soul is basically to be permanent and unchanging eternal we say we can never find evidence of a soul um... and Boy, this is a, a huge topic. I could go on and on, so I'm not sure exactly where to quit. On the one hand, that could be seen as a very, very negative, depressing statement. On the other hand, on the flip side, it shows we're a part of everything. While we do not have an, an independent core, a self, uh, a unique self, we also are part of of everything that we see, that we touch, that we communicate with, that we have a relationship with. It's it's a very beautiful vision from that perspective. Um, So I guess we need to wrap this up by saying that it's one of those things that it's just obvious (laughs) and the strange thing is (laughs) the obvious answer is different to different people. To some people it's obvious that they must have a soul it's just just obvious and to others like Zen practitioners it's obvious that there's not a soul um, and that's something that generally argument is not going to, to change so I'm not trying to change anybody here uh, I will st- make the statement that belief does not make something true just because millions of people believe there is a soul doesn't make it true um, you know, for thousands and thousands of years probably everybody on the planet, every person on the planet thought that the Earth was flat. They all believed it. Well, that obviously that belief did not make the planet flat. The planet was, you know, round regardless of belief. And the same thing is true with the existence of a soul. And I realize that swings both ways, you know just because I you you know believe there is a soul doesn't necessarily make it true and just because I believe there's not one does not necessarily make it true I guess we'll all find out eventually but anyway that is a huge difference between Christianity and Buddhism and that it is a basic tenet of Buddhism that there is no permanent self there is no soul um, so the next difference that I would mention is that of salvation. Oh, oh, well, let me just go back and say, so the fact that there is no soul in Zen kind of makes the afterlife and reincarnation question moot. What would there be to to be reborn? What would there be to reincarnate? Uh, Zen master Dogen was very emphatic about saying, you know, let's be clear about this. There is no soul, no, no reincarnation. Um, but again, you'll find many sects of Buddhism that that have chosen to to disregard that and continue with the historical belief from certain cultures about uh, reincarnation. And the last uh, point, a very big point of contrast is that of salvation. In Christianity the path to salvation is to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. In Buddhism there is no uh, no external person um, to act as your savior you have to do it yourself as i've said many times we do take refuge to become a buddhist the official you know like you go through baptism in christianity and and um, accepting christ in buddhism you take refuge and there are three refuges this is one of several areas where the web page that you mentioned you know it looks like it was answered by um, well, the first one was very clearly answered by a Christian who had <laughs> his attitude and knew next to nothing about Buddhism. And then the later ones seemed to get progressively better, you know, it looked like they were mostly answered by students who had taken comparative religion courses or whatever and got a lot of it right, but made some very glaring errors. One of them was that they said uh, they take refuge in yourself. Well, you have to do a lot of the work yourself, but in Buddhism, we take refuge and there are three refuges who say, I take refuge in the Buddha, uh, uh, the Enlightened One. And, and every every statement in Zen is you've got it has many levels of meaning, many layers of meaning. Very metaphorical. It's not literal. This is not a literal belief system. So we are not accepting the Buddha as a savior like Christians do, Jesus Christ. Because remember, the Buddha is a person. So basically we're saying everybody has the the capability to be a Buddha. So we are taking refuge in that knowledge that we too can be a Buddha. We have the Buddha nature. The second refuge is, uh, I take refuge in the Dharma, the compassionate teaching. Uh, Dharma is a word that has many translations. In this case it is the teachings of the Buddha. It is the teachings of, of reality as we learn to observe it without the filters of our perceptions and, and biases um and it's ultimately compassionate and third we take refuge in the sangha the harmonious community um so basically that that pretty much includes everything (laughs) but it's split up into three nice categories to make it easier to understand in our relationship to them so those that's a big difference there the path to salvation so I think that covers the key areas, the really important areas of difference Um, and let's see how long this has run, so I think that's a good halfway point and I'll stop it now to split it up into two audio tracks